Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Recovery Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my website to recoveryradiokmp3.com to get the books to sarcasticbigbook.com or just go to Amazon. And as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me. And I am glad today with no desire to drink, which I am grateful for. It's a long time in my life where I never thought that was going to go away. And then it went away, and then it came back. And then I didn't think it was ever going to go away again. And then I had learned and been shown specifically why it went away and just as importantly why it returned and it changed my life and has not returned by the grace of God for about 30 years not tricked by that I know it can return I did learn why By the way, I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's. It's particularly good today. I don't know why. I used to really have this whole thing so fussy and complicated. Looking back, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I went through that. My mind was just crazy. So... Complicated, complicating everything, thinking everything into the ground. Just make a big mental mess of the most simple, unimportant, irrelevant situation. Something would happen that really didn't matter, that also didn't concern me, that also was unanswerable in terms of its the questions that it posed. And also, on top of all that, it had a very short shelf life, meaning it wouldn't even be relevant to anyone, like, in a matter of hours or days. And I would think that into the ground. <laughs> I was so unpresent. 
a musician in years ago, many years ago, I was newly sober. I was, I was opening for a musical hero of mine. And there was a tremendous amount of excitement about this and build up and publicity and all these things leading up to it. And it was the biggest venue we'd ever played at that point. It was sold out. And and the curtain went up. And we played. And the curtain went down. And I missed all of it. All of it. I missed the whole thing. I don't know what the fuck happened. I was so in my head. Is it in tune? Is this tempo right? You know what I mean? Is this... Do I look okay? Just... And just... Missed it. That moment is... Just a perfect microcosm of how I lived so much of my life for so long just missed it because I was just because my brain was driving and not my heart for myself I have come to see that when my brain is doing the driving I crash I lead, it leads me nowhere valuable to anyone, including myself. I'm basically in a creek on the side of some road, spinning my tires, confused. But my heart does the driving. Brain is an incredible co-pilot. Incredible. Anyways, I just complicated everything. So consumed with thoughts. I suspect that you relate to this. And I suspect that because whenever I have talked to anyone about this, they nod up and down. They laugh and relate. I hear people talk about this all the time. learned from doing inventories and hearing inventories that this is the norm. But I want to talk about this because I want to say that it doesn't have to be. This all seems very, very complicated. And it seems like if you're anything like I am and you are suffering from this experience now, you're overthinking it, even this, <laughs> and you're rehearsing. I'm going to choose my words very carefully. You're mentally rehearsing why it's always going to be this way for you. You're telling yourself, yeah, but for me, it's, it's, this is how you don't know I mean. You're telling yourself some, something. It basically guarantees it's going to always be that way. If 
if you're anything like me, you're saying to yourself, yeah, but remember what I, I used to say, yeah, but my life is just more complicated. I'm just a deeper thinker. I mean, and that has nothing to do with the big book's definition of alcoholism whatsoever. I was thinking this when I was a little boy, looking around, thinking, I'm thinking about this deeper than these people are. When I was a little kid, I remember thinking things like that when I was like literally six, seven. Again, nothing to do with the big book's definition of alcoholism whatsoever. Nothing to do with it. But I remember having so many conversations in early sobriety with people who tried to simplify things for me, and I just wouldn't allow it. I couldn't. I couldn't. It couldn't be simple. I think I've shared about it on here. I remember vividly standing outside of meetings while this man with decades of sobriety, 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, <clears throat> tried to simplify things for me. And I remember looking at them and thinking, yeah, but let me finish telling you, like, let me finish telling you the details, though, because then it'll, like, change things. Then it won't be simple. You just don't have enough information to understand that this is very complicated. You're just too impatient, too much of a simpleton. You're, you're just not as complicated and deep a thinker as I am. So let me just, if you just let me finish and, I, and explain to you how much more deep and complex my situation is, then maybe... You would understand. You who is still and present and peaceful. Maybe you would understand. If you're smart enough, you should be a wreck. If you're as intelligent as I am, you should be a fucking mess. That's what he used to say. That's what he used to say. And there, this is simple. This is all simple. Looking back now. It's all really simple. And it just, ultimately, the short answer is it was all self. And I hadn't practiced unselfish, constructive action for long enough to cause stillness in my mind. Yeah, I was praying a lot. Yeah, but I was sharing a lot about me. I was praying. I was just, I just hadn't practiced enough unselfish, constructive action. I hadn't demonstrated enough unselfish, constructive action for anything much to happen for me in this regard. What I learned when I was a few years sober is that, simply put, 
there's selfishness that blocks me from God. God will remove whatever selfishness blocks me from God. What I have to do is write these things down and not from the lens of selfishness, not from the lens of remorse or self-pity or guilt, but from the lens of this is all trash. I had to read it to somebody, not somebody who was going to psychoanalyze me, but somebody who was just going to be present and confirm I was being honest with myself and with God. And then I had to demonstrate unselfish, constructive action. This little simple set of items changed my life pretty quickly and quieted my head very rapidly. not complicated. The, I, mean, I spent so much time talking to people who are in the weeds of their mind. They're all tangled up, overwhelmed, and they have not done what I just laid out. And it makes sense to me. Before I had done what I had just laid out, what was explained to me very clearly and demonstrated to me very clearly. I couldn't get out of the confusion either. I was just, my head was loud. Add to that, you go to meetings and people with a lot of time will talk about how the head, their head's still loud and it's just always going to be that way. It's so easy to tell yourself it's always going to be a fussy, complicated mental mess. My experience is, from having been there for the first half of my life, convinced I was never getting out of that. Convinced it was just who I was, man. It was just who I, it's just who I am. I'm just a quick, deep thinker. I just complicate things. I'm just, early on, it was, that's just my alcoholism also, top of that. Meaning I'm not ever getting rid of this. It wasn't until it was demonstrated and explained to me. Self blocks me from God. All the noise in my head, for the most part, was just self. Fear-based thoughts that just blossom into gardens of shit. Self blocks me from God. God can remove the self that blocks me from God. I wrote everything down. Not through the lens of poor me or wow, what a loser. But through the lens of I'm trying to do God's will and all this is trash. Everything in my fourth column is simply what God doesn't look like. What are all the things I did that God probably wouldn't tell me to do? I bagged it up. I read it to somebody. 
and that I practiced unselfish, constructive action. That led to the silence. That led to the peace. You know, my last show, I woke up. I wasn't feeling right. I shared about it on here. I always tell you how I'm really doing. And I said, I'm just going to do what the next right thing is. And, you know, it, I, I know it will pass. I've experienced, you know, I'm not in a position where I, like, take my emotions, like, really that seriously anymore. I know they will change. It's just like weather, somebody said one time. It'll change. Sure enough, a couple hours after I recorded the last podcast, I was having, like, such an incredible day. And the day ended so amazing and the rest of the day was so amazing. And what I did was I, I prayed and I meant it. I prayed, God, please, I offer myself to you. Build with me and do with me as you want. Please relieve me of the bondage of self so I can do your will better. Please help me go out there and spread your message and not mine. Take away my difficulties not my problems, my difficulties, so that I could demonstrate you and that will help people. And I had some anxiety and I went about my day and God sure did answer that prayer, sure did end up feeling a new power flow in. And I felt strength and I felt like I was able to be present and do some self-forgetting. I think I'm going to have another sip of this coffee. It's just looking at me. So. I just noticed my phone. My agent is blowing up. He wants me to do this meet and greet today. Um, doing this new male modeling thing for Valencia Oranges. <laughs> and the, the campaign is there's a bunch of oranges and my new, my new spray tan makes me so orange. It's like, it's like a Where's Waldo kind of a thing. You have to find me <laughs> in this big pile of oranges and I'm there posing looking sexy and beautiful, except I also look like a tangerine. Anyways. <laughs> oh, are you sick of that? I'm certainly sick of it. I'm sick of the male modeling jokes. No, I'm not. I'll be back next time. All right. I'm out of here. If you need to hear it, Whatever is going on, I know God is bigger. And the fact that we are here at all is a gift. It's not a right. Don't forget. On that note, I don't know 
why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving, and I hope you will do the same.